A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep with Dr. Ishan Xu. Let's improve sleep quality and live a healthy life together. Let's go deep into sleep. And now, please welcome your host, Ishan. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Deep Into Sleep. So, if you listened to my last episode, you possibly know I just traveled to Vancouver, Canada, for the World Sleep Conference, and I got to interview some really awesome speakers there. And I cannot wait to publish those episodes to you in the future shows. So last week we had a really nice conversation with Dr. Guy Lashner from UK, who is an expert in the sleep science field. And today we're going to continue the conversation with him to discover more about the、uh, different sleep disorders. Dr. Lashner, I read your book, The Nocturnal Brain, and you have covered so many interesting clinical cases about different sleep disorders, such as insomnia, narcolepsy, sleepwalk, sleep eating, sexomnia. So I'm wondering, is there any of the cases really stand out to you that you want to share here with our audience? Well, I, I, I think I think they all all the cases in in my mind stand out to me, which is why the, I included them in the book.、Um, I think that、um, you know a lot of the cases that I describe are really quite extreme. You know, individuals who have ridden their motorbike in their sleep, individuals who have. Been convicted of crimes as a result of acts undertaken in their sleep. One one particular chapter describes the psychology of of, of sleep disorders and and how indeed、uh, sometimes people can、um, experience a sleep disorder as a as a result of what their partner is telling them about their own sleep. So so what I've tried to do is really explore the the the. Vast range of sleep disorders that we see in our sleep clinics day in day out, from narcolepsy, for example, people、um, falling down to the ground when they experience positive emotions, to to people acting out their dreams, for example. Hmm. Yes. Yes. I I really enjoyed reading the book. Ah,、uh, to learn all these different type of disorder and with real examples, and also knowing that you actually are treating them. You you ah、uh, clarify the diagnose and offer some treatment. So I think that bring a lot of hope to those who are struggling. You also mentioned people act out in their dream. So I do want to ask that a little bit.、Uh, I、sure. often, yeah, I often hear people asking me、uh, when I went back to China, for example. A lot of patients ask me, "Well,、uh, if I move around in my in my dream or in my sleep, do I have restless leg syndrome? How can I treat that?" But are they the same thing? Well, I think that there are lots of pe- lots of different types of movements in sleep. There are individuals who.、Um, Will 
move their legs or, or kick repeatedly in different stages of sleep, not necessarily in dreaming sleep, and that may be a manifestation of restless leg syndrome. But there are people, for example, a condition called REM sleep behavior disorder, where they will physically act out the actions that they are dreaming of. Uh, a very typical picture is of somebody imagining that they're having an argument or a fight in their dream, and then they will actually physically lash out or punch in their sleep, often hurting themselves or their bed partner. That's something slightly different. That is, that is when the normal neurological mechanisms, the normal brain pathways um, that are switched on in REM sleep, which cause us to be paralyzed to prevent us from acting out our dreams, actually don't work properly, uh, resulting in these movements. We used to think that this was of no relevance to any other sphere of life, but we now understand that this condition, REM sleep behavior disorder, is often associated with other neurological disorders. And so it's important both in terms of establishing a diagnosis for treatment of that condition to prevent people injuring themselves or their bed partners, but it also may have some long-term implications on brain health. I see. Yes, I definitely uh, I saw some videos about this symptom when people act out in their dream uh, or their sleep. They can be quite yeah. violent sometimes. Uh, they can yeah. kick their partners or they can hurt themselves really bad. I heard the safety is, is quite important strategy. It's it is. And, and the, there are other conditions that can also look rather similar. For example, people having seizures at night, or sometimes people who have um, variants of sleepwalking that involve a lot of agitation or fear. So, so just because you move in your sleep does not necessarily mean that you have restless leg syndrome. Right, right. When people should know whether they should see a sleep specialist for, for that how do they know that's sleep-related? Well, I think if, if, if their partner is telling them that they are doing odd things in the night, uh, things that are unusual, then I think at the very, in, in the very first instance, having a discussion with uh, your family doctor to see whether or not this is worth... If you are having uh, these sorts of problems and you're injuring yourself, you're injuring your bed partner... It's waking you up at night. It's waking your bed partner up at night. Um, or you're waking up feeling unrefreshed or sleepy during the day. Then I think that these are all indications that you may have an underlying sleep disorder and you should be having a chat with somebody who's medically qualified. They may be able to reassure you very quickly and very easily. But they may say, actually, now is a good time to go and send you to somebody to look into this a little further. I see. Yeah, that's that's good to know. If people suspicious or their partner reports something, they should uh, check out with the, uh, their doctors and figure out whether they need to go to a specialist. Exactly. So we are we are talking about the movement during sleep time. So I know somebody is sleepwalking, and in your book you talk about a lot of interesting cases about sleepwalking, sleep uh, driving, sleep eating. Can you tell me more about those kind of behaviors? Yeah, so so we used to think that, that sleep was an on or off state. So either we were asleep or we were awake, um, and and there was nothing in between. But actually, what we're what we're now beginning to understand is that not only is this view of sleep incorrect, but 
but actually one can be asleep in one part of the brain and awake in another part of the brain. And in fact, this is what is happening during these episodes where people sleepwalk or sleep eat or have night terrors or, or, or even drive in their sleep. Um, we see that in these individuals, um, whilst certain parts of the brain remain in very deep sleep, so the, top, the areas of the brain that particularly prone to stay in very deep sleep are the frontal lobes, which is really the seat of our rational thinking, our, our um, uh, decision-making, uh, or uh, the inhibition of certain actions, um, other parts of the brain can be wide awake. So the, the areas of the brain that are responsible for uh, phys physical movement, the, and, and in particular parts of the brain that are involved in strong emotion. We really now understand that these sorts of behaviours that we describe as sleepwalking are as a result of us sitting somewhere in the spectrum between wake and sleep, where, where there is a conflict between the various parts of the brain and the states that they're in. So it could be, actually, that for some individuals who are performing particularly complex tasks, that actually, rather than the being described as sleepwalking, they may be largely awake and that only very small parts of their brain remain in sleep. Oh, I see. So sounds like sleep actually is a mixed state. It's not like when you fall asleep, you're totally in the sleep state. When you wake up, you are in the wake state. Yeah, so, so in addition to us passing through the various stages of sleep, we also know that actually different parts of the brain may, may be at different stages of sleep at the, at the same time. That's a concept that we're very familiar with in the animal world. So, for example, animals like dolphins or seals or, or certain birds, um, we've known that they can sleep with one half of their brain at, the at a time. So one half will be awake and one half will be asleep. This allows them to, for example, get some sleep whilst they're flying or whilst they're swimming. Um, but that's not a concept that we've been particularly familiar with in, in humans. Um, but I think the fact that humans can uh, exist in these states where different parts of the brain are in different stages of sleep are related to this phenomenon of what we term local sleep, where sleep does not affect the brain globally, but can affect the brain in, in its parts. Oh, I see. So when we sleep, actually, maybe only parts of a brain can be uh, impacted by sleep, not always a whole global brain activity. Exactly. And it may actually be that that occurs in wakefulness as well. So when we appear to be fully awake, um, there is increasing evidence that actually uh, we may be experiencing what we term local sleep. So little areas of the cerebral cortex, the outer lining of the brain, may actually be demonstrating some sleeping activity constantly. And it may be that actually that's why we perform less well when we are sleep deprived because actually the extent to which our cerebral cortex is exhibiting local sleep increases with sleep deprivation. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Leshner, uh, for sharing all this wonderful information and knowledge about sleep with us all. My pleasure. I thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So how are people going to find your new book, The Nocturnal Brain? Where do they buy it? I bought it on Amazon.
Yeah, so any of the uh, any of the online stores or uh, any uh, good bookshop. Mm-hmm. Do you have a blog? Do you have your uh, own website? I, I have my own website, www.guyleshtsner.com. Great. I will put it on my website on the show notes so people will find you. Thank you again. Great. Yeah. Okay, Ishan. Thank you very much for chatting. Such inspiring conversations with Dr. Leshner. Hopefully, you learned as much as I did. As he mentioned, if you are experiencing some kind of symptoms but you are not sure, go to seek professional advice. You can go to your family doctor to find out whether it's worth pursuing, or see a sleep specialist to double check. More information about this interview with Dr. Leshner and his books. And his website can be found on our website deepintosleep.co/episode/005. Starting this week, our show will be published on a weekly basis. If you like our show, please feel free to leave comments, to rate us in Apple Store, or leave comments on our website. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. See you next time. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who is struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co/insomnia.